Mark Maloney has authored a book about Toronto's mayors. Uh, up until John Tory, there were 65. So is uh, Olivia Chow number 66? She is 66, that's right. Were you a bit pantsed by everything that happened? I mean, you must have been working on this book for a good long time, and all of a sudden we've got another mayor. Well, the, the book was actually finished, and um, it was like literally uh, totally unexpected, so I, I had to rewrite the Tory chapter in the end, yeah. Okay. And what it didn't get printed, though, did it? Did You you, you didn't have to go out and pulp a bunch of books. Uh, no, no. Uh, the, the work was done, um, but uh, it was finished. It was being sent to the printer, so it was <laughs> like, yeah. fortunate. We couldn't put uh, Mayor Chow into the book simply because by the time the election was called, the actual book was in print itself, so... Have you met her since? Yes, very much, yeah, and gave her the first copy of the book as a presentation to the City of Toronto. Let's talk first about the history of voting in Toronto, and I love that you used to have to walk into a place and vote out loud, which of course must have been a Protestant versus Catholic thing, or what? In the beginning, um, it was full of uh, like roving gangs, intimidation, bribery. Uh, It was bribery with money or liquor. You had to go into a bar (laughs) to vote for years. That, that's the way it was before the uh, secret ballot came in in the 1870s. Okay, so secret ballot comes in citywide, but only at that time for men. And I think you had to be a property owner as well? Yes, that's right. Actually, it wasn't until the 1960s that renters uh, in Toronto uh, could vote. It was always property owners. And for the vast majority of Toronto history, uh, it was like white Anglo-Saxon British males property owning. You know, it was a very type of homogenous society. <laughs> and women, not only could women not vote, they couldn't even run. Women could not run until 1920. That uh, was our first um, woman councillor, uh, Constance Hamilton, in 1920. Let's talk about some of the uh, interesting mayors. One of them killed a guy, didn't he? Yes, uh, John Powell. Uh, John killed a rebel captain. So what happened was there was, in 1837, there was a, a rebellion called the 1837 Rebellion. And uh, John actually single-handedly like killed the guy with a well pointed gun to his head oh. <laughs> so to the rebel captain yeah so did it that, actually made him more popular that's uh, with, what I was going to ask you did that yeah. play into his ethos tough guy yeah. with a gun I'm going to be the mayor yeah so he was appointed by council in those days the mayors were appointed by the city council themselves and it was usually a very shadowy kind of uh, vote trading you know I'll do this if you do that type of situation to become mayor so. when did it become a less dodgy affair then I mean when did it become a you you know, you are the mayor, this is formally important, you're going to do stuff, rather than, you know, you and the police chief are going to go drinking. I'd say it started really when the first elected mayors, when they were elected by the population, so 1860. So, interestingly enough, the first campaign and the first election uh, was a Mayor Wilson was his name. The whole campaign was centered on corruption, and it had to do with the waterfront. Um, <laughs> so, we're you know, today we're always talking about the waterfront, but then it was... Uh, about uh, the rail interests and bribery and tycoons and having all these rails put down into the center of the city at the time. Seems like one of the great all-time characters is the guy they used to call Lampy. Lampy's actually a a colorful guy, but he's actually still one of the most beloved mayors. I mean, people to this day talk about Lampy. And in the 1990s, there was an actual big campaign to get Lampy put into the uh, Order of Canada. 
So a whole group of citizens rose up to support Lampy. So Lampy, what he did was, when he became mayor, he went to the Royal York Hotel and he got them to donate a suite of rooms to him at no charge, on the proviso that he spent liberally on room service and entertaining and what have you. So he did. But the kicker was that he never got any council approval, council authority, or council permission to do this. So he partied for two years. Champagne, liqueurs, <laughs> the finest cigars, the flesh, fresh flowers, steaks, you, you name it. it Probably was, a few professional women. Well, I, I couldn't discover that, but one might wonder. So he partied for two years, and the bills came in to the city, but he he had put the name of the suite in, in the city clerk's name, not his own name. So when the bills came in, the city clerk was afraid of his losing his job, so he just paid the bills. So, so <laughs> when they was totaled up, when it was became known, it was the equivalent today, in today's amount, of $500,000 in parties with no council approval, no council permission, no council knowledge. What are some of the other ones who stand out for you? I mean, either we can deal with the modern times and talk about genuine city builders, or we can continue to delve deeply into the guys who party and kill. Some of them stand out. Uh, like uh, A little-known one um, was a mayor, Reg Geary. Uh, Reg was mayor just for two years. He stepped down in 1912, and then he then, in 1914, volunteered to go into the First World War. He had no military training, no background, nothing. But he ended up being in the trenches in the First World War. So you go from mayor of Toronto to being on your ground in the mud in the trenches of Europe, and he was gassed in the trenches. So uh, these are little facts that people don't know. We had another mayor, who um, uh, Mayor Wimp, and he was the editor of the Toronto Tele, Tele, the Telegram newspaper that used to exist in Toronto. So he was the city editor, and then he gets elected to to council. So he's both uh, covering the news and making the news at the same time. <laughs> so what does he interview himself? <laughs> We've had some really good mayors. We had Don Somerville, who was in the 1960s. Don was uh, highly, highly regarded, um, like a red Tory type of guy, but very inclusive. I think had he lived, he died of a massive heart attack, as a matter of fact, playing hockey against the press gallery. There was an earthquake in Italy, and it was a fundraising thing. So, But he, he would have gone on, I think, to become Prime Minister of Canada. Really? Lived, yeah. First female mayor would be June Rollins? June Rollins, yeah. And, you know, June, to this day, it took unnecessary bad rap for being the person who tried to cancel the concert by the Bare Naked Ladies. Right. I mean, June wasn't even in the country at the time, and the decision to cancel was done by city staff. It wasn't June, <laughs> so, but she took the rap. So Olivia Chow, how, not novel necessarily, but how, how groundbreaking is Olivia Chow? First ethnic yeah. mayor, uh, third female mayor. She's also the sixth uh, socialist mayor. When I say socialist, what I mean is um, there have been six mayors who were elected with a base of the NDP party or its predecessor called the CCF. So they were elected with high labor, left-wing kind of community activism type support and the NDP party, so she's the sixth of those. But groundbreaking, yes. First 
non-white mayor. Uh, 59 of the 66 have been white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, uh, English-speaking male property owners of British heritage. <laughs> so the not 50, very diverse. Nine of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and one thing to bat clean up on here is you were saying she's the first person of color. Every time I've ever said that on the radio, I get a text saying, "What about the black mayor?" And of course, he never was mayor. He would serve yeah. in the mayor's chair. William Hubbard, really a, a trailblazing guy in yeah. the day. One in a um, white riding. Yeah, but he was elected to what was called in the in the old days is called the Board of Control. And the Board of Control existed in Toronto for up until about 1969. And it was four members who were elected citywide. And so he was elected uh, as one of the four, a real trailblazer at the time. So he was an acting mayor, but he was never, there is only one mayor at any given time. So the acting mayor is simply someone who fills in temporarily. Um, if you could sit down for lunch with any one of these 66 individuals, do you have one in mind that you would choose? That's a very good question. I, I think, out of curiosity, our, our first rebel mayor, uh, William Lyon Mackenzie, would have been a fascinating person. Um, the, the Toronto of the day was a like, little tiny place of 9,300 people. The roads were impassable, they were mud, you know, the whole street was full of horse droppings and, you know, wild pigs and geese and whatever were roaming around the streets. But he was quite the rebel in the sense of bringing up things before anybody else did. He was one who wanted a directly elected mayor before anybody ever had thought of it. Uh, so he, he would have been a fascinating person. Yeah. Thank you very much.